Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What most people on their deathbed say is what matters is the quality of relationship and the impact they've had bringing more joy and love into people around them. It has a ripple effect. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Leader Connect, Ignite Management Services, and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Today, we're talking about spiritual intelligence, and my guest is Dr. Yossi Amram. We've talked about the importance of emotional intelligence on the show before, but what about spiritual intelligence? Now, some say it is an essential factor in personal growth, leadership development, and the enhancement of overall well-being. Well, leadership is a difficult job, and Yossi reminds us that we have to get our spiritual life right as well if we want to have the strength to lead others. I enjoyed this inspirational discussion, and I know you will as well. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Yossi Amram. Dr. Amram is a distinguished psychologist and executive coach catering to CEOs, entrepreneurs, and other influential leaders, and a pioneer researcher in the field of spiritual intelligence. In fact, his work has received over a thousand academic citations. A study by Bain & Company identified 33 inspirational leadership traits and found that employees are inspired are twice as productive as those who are merely satisfied. To help leaders seeking to inspire and empower authentic and purposeful leadership, Dr. Amram has launched his latest book, Spiritually Intelligent Leadership, How to Inspire by Being Inspired. This book guides leaders to develop spiritual intelligence through a connection to their core of their existence, their spirit. I'm excited I'm on the show today to understand spiritually intelligent leadership in greater detail. So Dr. Amram, Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, John. You can call me Yossi. So I'm delighted <laughs> to be here. Well, it is an honor to meet you, sir. You've done a lot of research in this area. It's something we haven't covered. So I'm really excited to have you on the show to talk about it. But just first of all, get us started. What is spiritually intelligent leadership? Well, spiritually intelligent leadership is basically the ability to embody, cultivate and embody qualities of spiritual intelligence and bring them into the domain of leadership. So that immediately begs the question, what is spiritual intelligence? 
So spiritual intelligence is analogous to emotional intelligence that most of us have heard a lot about, particularly in its effectiveness and contribution to leadership and other domains of life. So what is emotional intelligence? The ability to draw on emotional resources uh, and information to help manage our own and others' information uh, emotions. By analogy, spiritual intelligence is the ability to embody and draw on spiritual resources that have been hailed by all the world's spiritual traditions and bring them to daily life and to our work, our leadership, our shopping in the supermarket, driving in the freeway, and our relationship. And these would be qualities such as purpose, vision, trust, gratitude, joy, integrity, humility, uh, higher self, intuition. So these are all qualities that uh, help us be inspiring leaders. As you pointed out, these were some of the top qualities that Bain and company study identified, being a servant-oriented, less ego-oriented, being centered in yourself, showing up with presence, living in integrity. So if we go back to what is leadership, leadership fundamentally is about inspiration, and it shares root with the word spirit, which is the life-animating force the breath of life from Latin. And that's what leaders do. That's different than being a boss or a manager that makes decisions and allocates resources. Leaders inspire. So, you know, leaders basically breathe passion and purpose and meaning and a cohesion into their organization. They're kind of the life force of that organization and bringing it to unity and alignment behind a shared purpose, vision, and mission. So, so I, I understand, I get it. it, it so I love the, the, the fact that we can equate it to emotional intelligence, because I think most people on this who are listening and understand that they probably haven't been thinking about spiritual intelligence, but all the things you talked about, you know, purpose, vision, your, your values, these are something that, that's different than emotional intelligence. This is something that's to our core. So explain the difference between, say, spiritual intelligence and religious beliefs. Is it the same? Is it different? Or do they come possibly from religious beliefs, depending on who the person is? Well, they're very different. As you highlight, spiritual belief is a belief. I can believe in God. I can believe in the afterlife. I can believe in reincarnation, whatever it is. It might be a religious or a spiritual belief. Spiritual intelligence is not a belief. It's also not an experience. You might have an experience of oneness. You're walking in the forest or you're meditating, and all of a sudden your ego dissolves and you feel one with the entire universe. That's an experience. So there's experience, there's belief, and then there's spiritual intelligence, which is embodying these qualities. Now, where it ties into spirituality or religion is that these qualities of purpose and service and trust and gratitude and integrity and forgiveness and compassion and humility um, and so on have been hailed by all the spiritual traditions around the world. So regardless of your cosmology and theology, if you believe in Jesus, you believe in Muhammad, you believe in the Buddha, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But these traditions have said, Practice compassion, have a purpose, practice gratitude, live with integrity, live with humility. These are the qualities that, and then embodying them in daily life, it's where it's at. So that's a key point because my clients, I've worked with over 100 CEOs, and many of them have built companies with billions of dollars in revenues and thousands of employees. Some have been, you know, devout religious 
of a particular tradition. Some have been, quote-unquote, spiritual but not religious, which is very popular these days. And some have been devout atheists, if I may say. They have no, no belief in anything spiritual. It sounds woo-woo to them. But they can cultivate humility. They can cultivate integrity. They can cultivate a sense of purpose. They can cultivate their intuition. They can cultivate trust, beauty, joy, all these same qualities and come in as an atheist and still develop their spiritual intelligence, so to speak, and see the impact and how they get more inspired, more empowered, and have greater impact in their organization with everybody around them. That, that makes a lot of sense. And one of the things I'm thinking about is, so I'm not, you know, I'm a Christian. I've been in a leader for 30 plus years. And I do believe that those those values that come from my from my background sort of kind of reflect in my life, right? Um, so, I, so I would imagine, you know, for me, I think it would be more, a little more straightforward thinking through this. But how does like if if maybe you're not religious or you have a mixed, you know, religious background like a lot of people do, how do you develop your spiritual intelligence? Where how do you begin to think through that and start establishing what is what are the things that are important to you? Yeah, great. So as you pointed out, if you're coming from a tradition like Christianity for you, so maybe for you, it's easy. How do you connect with your life force, your essence? Maybe you pray to Jesus or you pray to God, you feel spirit within you. And that's from there, a lot of these qualities will naturally emerge of humility and gratitude and and compassion and so on, because you're taught that. And someone else might have a different entry point. But if you're an atheist, then, uh, then the main point is to connect with your the core of your existence, your life force, and your essence. And you could simply do that right now, even as we're speaking on this podcast. You could just connect with your life force by feeling the breath, the breath of life. So just the rise and fall of the belly and the chest with each breath in this moment, and then adding the pulsating flow of the blood as it pulses through your arteries and vein and your heart. And so as you feel the aliveness in the body through the breast and the heart rate and the pulse, you feel grounded in your feet and your legs, rooted into the earth, that where we come from, Mother Earth. And then with the vertical alignment of our spine, that feels like an antenna, a channel of energy with our head pointed at the sky and the heavens, and when you include all of that, all of a sudden you feel yourself suspended and being a channel of energy between the sky, the heavenly realm, and the earth. And then when you're rooted in this experience of your life force, you know, then then you're centered, then you're grounded, then you're empowered, then you're inspired, you're, you're breathing life. You know, the life force energy is pulsating through you. And from there, you could start working on each of the... Uh, qualities you want to cultivate. So you might focus for a month on the quality of purpose or another month on the quality of gratitude. Another month in, it'd be, you know, on the quality of compassion or forgiveness. And you can bring those into your daily life with with the intention of cultivating that quality. And it's a lifelong journey of applying these qualities, embodying them, practicing them, and we become more and more. It's not like oh, I believe in God, then now I'm going to easily forgive everybody and I'm going to be the most compassionate person and, you know, et cetera, as you know, and most of us know, 
you know, we fall off the horse, we get on. We fall off the horse. That's how we 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 learn to bike. We scrape our knees a few times, and over time, we get more stable and we we get more centered. So it's an ongoing practice. But it starts with connecting with the core of our uh, existence, our unique, authentic self. You can call it your spirit. You can call it your life force. And everybody knows we have a life force. We're not we're not dead bodies. We're not dead meat. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I like what you say there, because it's not, it's not something that probably happens overnight. It's like, you know, like, again, as a Christian, it's a lifelong journey, right? You know, you're, you think that you, you understand it, you know, it's like chess, you maybe you knew how to play the game on day one, but it takes you a lifetime okay. to master it. I think this, this is something that it's a lifetime, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah, well, it's rewiring your, your neural networks. Um, basically it's not under, you can understand it. It's a spiritual intelligence, not cognitive intelligence. You can read my book and you can understand, and that will get you on the trajectory. But unless you do the exercises and the practices, you understand it mentally, but you don't embody it. So going back to the fundamental definition of spiritual intelligence, the ability to embody these qualities. So just because I understand compassion and forgiveness are important, it's hard to forgive sometimes. It's hard to practice compassion. So it takes a concentrated effort and a practice to come back to these to these qualities day in and day out so that we rewire our neural network. And I think ultimately it's a bit of a Copernican Galilean moment for each of us when we understand, you know, up to Copernicus, you look at the sky, you see the, the sun moving. So we think that the Earth is the center of the solar system and the Earth and the sun is circling around it. Then Copernicus and Galileo, as my friend Steve Farrell at Humanities Team pointed out, realized, no, there's a Galileo moment here, a Copernican revolution. We go through life, we think we are at the center of the universe, our ego. But the, the Earth actually is an offshoot of the sun. The earth came from the sun, and the sun is what sustains life on earth. It wouldn't continue. Life will not continue on the earth without the sun. Same with our unique self. We think we're the center of the universe, our ego. But when we understand, we, we, we understand that actually the universe is around us, and it's what sustains us. You can call it spirit. You can call it God. You can call it cosmic consciousness, but just call it the universe. And um, when we take the ego out of the center of our universe, then we understand we're interconnected with our team, with our organization, with our community, with the broader web of life. And we're just a cell or an organ in this broader organism. Just like my heart is not thinking I'm separate from the lungs, or whatever, and I can keep the best blood, most oxygen-rich blood from myself, I'll feel good for a second or two. But then the, the lungs will start stop functioning, and I won't get so much oxygen, so it won't work. So we have to understand our interconnectedness into this broader system, this web of life that we're a part of, and take the ego out of the center of our universe. I love that. And and it's something I talk about a lot just in terms of, you know, how to become a better leader. One of the things it's not about you, right? I mean, that's one of the big things you have to learn as a young leader coming into it. You think, well, it's all about me, you know, and it's not. It's actually all about your team. And that transition takes a while uh, when you first get in there. But you, you kind of touched on a little bit. But uh, 
How does, you know, as you develop your spiritual intelligence, how does that help you as a leader? You mentioned ego goes away. You feel part of a system, part of a group. What are some other things that help you as a leader when you develop this? Well, I mean, you have a deeper sense of purpose and a sense of calling and you know why you're here. So as you said, it's not about you. You're not trying to uh, aggrandize your own ego. You're focused on your mission and on the vision you're trying to, to bring. So as Gandhi said, you become unstoppable when you reduce yourself mm-hmm. to zero because you're full, wholehearted, devoted to that vision, that mission, that purpose. And then you're, you have very little or no fear, or if you have fear, you have courage. It's not about you. You're you're just really doing everything you can for that purpose and that vision. And then people feel your egolessness and your service orientation. And as the Bain study highlighted, people uh, that that work with leaders that are servant oriented uh, are going to be that much more inspired. Nobody wants to work for someone's ego. They want to work towards a vision of a better world that they're inspired by. Mm. And you know, the other qualities of spiritual intelligence, like integrity, crucial for leadership, is walking walking the talk and living in alignment. There's nothing worse than a leader that preaches certain values, but it feels like a hypocrite. And so it's it's this integrity. It's also trust trusting that what we're doing and having the the faith and the hope and the optimism that what we're going to work towards is actually going to be realized. And there's there's impact that we're going to have. It's not hopeless. We're not just working towards something and, and you know, the universe is kind of hopeless and hostile place and nothing's going to amount to anything. Nobody's going to put their best energy if they don't believe in the possibility of a better future that we can build together. So all these qualities of trust and hope and optimism and gratitude and uh, integrity and humility, um, compassion that that people feel your care. Um, so they're not going to care until they feel you care about them and about the mission. And then weaving the team into this fabric, assess a community, and everybody then is aligned behind those same values, the same vision. And these days, you know, there's a loneliness of pandemic, epidemic did the Surgeon General and for people declaring and for people, work is their biggest community. We spend more of our working hours at our work environment. And now working with Zoom and remotely, there is so much loneliness and isolation. So the spiritual intelligence says, no, we're in this together. We care about each other. We have a shared sense of purpose, a shared vision, a shared mission. And it's not about our individual egos. We're not trying to be right. We're trying to do what is right. And when we shift that perspective, then everybody's more motivated and feels a sense of belonging and commitment and identification with the organization and the mission. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. 
These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Leader Connect, a leadership training company and video platform founded by the leadership book author and deep leadership podcast guest, Neil Jurd. Leader Connect is a video and podcast streaming platform for leaders and teams. Watch it alone or as a team, and each video supports you and your team, allowing you to improve performance and build a great culture. Join hundreds of experts and learn about leadership, planning, public speaking, team building, mindfulness, and a range of other subjects that will help you lead well and build a great team. I'm proud to say that I'm one of the experts on this platform. Leader Connect is offering a 10% discount to all deep leadership listeners. Go to leader-connect.co.uk and enter the code DEEP at checkout. Master your leadership with Leader Connect. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, help us through the mechanism because I, you know, one of the things I always have always struggled with because I've always thought I was a servant leader if I thought through my career. And, um, but then I also realized that I was always goal oriented. So I was always about the mission and the people. So I was always connected those two together. So you can't, you know, give up on the mission. You, you can't give up on the people. It's sort of the end. And I've always, and so I've sort of think of myself more as transformational leadership model. But how does, how does when you, because you're doing the right things for the people, like you mentioned, as a servant leader type of model, you're taking care of them. You're watching out for them. You're, you're creating um, a safe environment for them to operate in so they can be creative. But how does that help the team achieve objectives? That's, that's the one thing I've always struggled with with servant leadership. It's all about the people, but then there's got to be the goal as well. So yeah, how does that you know, connecting to, connect the, to the goal? Yeah, well, uh, that's great. Uh, I, I put a slightly different spin on the idea of servant leadership and your servant, not just to the people, but your servant to your mission, your servant to vision, your servant, if you want to use religious language, your servant to God, mm. you know, uh, you're, yeah. you're 
in spirit. You're not serving, you know, you're not serving the, the needs of your employees at the expense of the mission. You're serving spirit. You're serving God. You're serving your calling. And, and the people are part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's not one versus the other. That's the other thing about spiritual intelligence is you go beyond either or thinking to a both and, and you hold these paradoxical viewpoints. Paradox is the entryway to paradise, as some like to say. So um, so it's servant leadership, your servant to the, and, and it, it's wholehearted devotion to the vision, the purpose, the mission as well well as your team. And it's not either or. That makes a lot of sense. I love that you brought that up because I I can think people could hear our conversation and think, well, that's great, but I got to make profits for the quarter, right? And so you're saying it's it's all connected. Yeah, well, the the most profitable companies are actually companies that cater to multiple stakeholders. You used to, when I went to Harvard Business School, it was like the old school of like companies exist to serve shareholder profits. And that's great that shareholders are one of the stakeholders. But what the research has shown is that leaders and companies that cater to multiple stakeholders, so the shareholders are one, customers are another, employees are another, the community is another. When people take that holistic point of view, actually everybody wins and there's better shareholder returns in the long run. yeah, absolutely. So, this is something we've talked to with other guests is that there is a shift. Like the 80s and 90s, it was shareholders' primacy, right? It was all about shareholder value. And I went to got my MBA in the 90s too, so it was all about shareholder value. Now it's stakeholder value. It's all about stakeholder um, capitalism, right? Because like right now, employees get will, will walk out on you if they don't like if they don't believe you're you're serving your values. They're going to walk out if you're. If your community uh, is upset or your customers are upset, they're going to protest your products. We've seen that a lot in the last yeah, five, yeah. six years, right? And 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 now even the governments are getting more involved with looking at, are you living up to your purpose with ESG scores and other things like that? Are you living your purpose? So they're all connected. And I think you're right. We're moving away from pure shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism these days. Yeah. You know, I think it's, a, it's just a more holistic view of the system. Mm-hmm. And the understanding of the interconnectedness of all these stakeholders. I mean, you can't run a business unless you're catering to your customers. They have to be happy. And you can't run a business unless your employees are happy. And it's not just about pay, especially when we're moving to more knowledge-based economy. It's not just people on assembly line you can command and mechanize what they're doing and put robots and whatever. It's just you need their judgment. You need their skilled you need their creativity and so they have to be motivated they have to be inspired they have to believe in what they're doing and they're wanting a personal and professional growth they don't want just paycheck and all the research shows that you know ultimate employee motivation pay is 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 much further down the hierarchy of people's needs and desires and as you point out people can walk across the street and and go work elsewhere so and it costs so much time and money to bring new people on board and train them. So, you know, having a committed, cohesive team is so important, ultimately for shareholder value. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, yeah, I love, I love that because it is connected. And we're seeing that more and more now. And, and it always was connected, but we sort of ignored it in the 80s and 90s, I think. We sort of said, okay, yeah, 
maybe it's this isn't a good thing we're doing, but we've got to make profit because that's our that's our sole objective. So, so I think yeah, now, I think oh, yeah, good hand. Yeah, I was saying, but now I, I think it's, it's more up there. It's more it's more um, people are, people are more conscious about the idea of doing doing good as well as making money. Yeah, and I'm saying it's it's also linked to the fact that more people are can be characterized as knowledge workers, and they can't just be commanded. Okay, you can't. It's also linked to this shift from a command and control model. So you and I have served in the military, and the military functions on a command and control model, which is powerful and effective. You're in battle. You don't have a lot of time for building consensus and calling team meetings and and doing team, you know, whatever you. You have to say, hey, do this, go there, run there, take that. And that's efficient and effective in battle. But you can't run a knowledge-based economy in a company that way where you need creativity and and uh, participation. So, you know, we're moving from command and control model to, you know, a more holistic view of leadership and emotionally intelligent leadership and now spiritually intelligent leadership. And that all ties into this idea of stakeholders um, and and motivating people through softer skills than just telling them, do this and overlooking their shoulder. That just doesn't work. No, it doesn't work anymore. (laughs) That's why we have this podcast. That's why we bring out guests like you because people need to be aware that 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 way is is dead. That way is dead. And there's a new way of doing it. This uh, this is a way to be able to to, to help inspire your team, right? And yeah. uh, that's a big part of it. So, so what are some practical strategies, maybe exercises, things uh, that we that leaders can do? You talked about sort of connecting yourself, your body to the earth and and, and to to the sky. You mentioned think seeking your, your force. core your spirit, your life force. What are some other strategies uh, that that leaders can take to sort of begin to develop their their spiritual intelligence? Well, gratitude is a, is a basic mm-hmm. one. And, you know, there's uh, research that when you practice gratitude at the end of the day, just paying attention to a few things, counting your blessings, improves your mood, improves your happiness. Now you can apply it in the context of organization. If you just make an experiment for the next week, and each day make a point to find three things that you appreciate about other people and tell it to them in person and live Zoom call or sending them an email. Hey, I so appreciate it. I'm very grateful for the way you showed up and stayed late last night and did an, uh, an amazingly beautiful job in this report or whatever. So sharing appreciation, uh, you know, tuning into, learning how to tune into one's intuition and doing exercises to do that tuning into our higher self and future self, like when we're facing a challenging moment, always thinking about it. Okay, what is this difficult situation calling forth in me? What qualities, you know, courage, resolve, uh, integrity, et cetera, because in the midst of the, the chaos, we forget what is important. And then thinking, okay, asking myself, okay, 15 years from now, my future self, that is going to have lived through these challenges and these moments, what if I interview that person who is wiser, more compassionate, more successful, everything I want to be in 15 years, and I ask that future self of mine, how should I address this moment? That untaps instantaneously wisdom 
that is already within us. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there are many techniques, and my book goes through lots of exercises that you can use, and you can see the impact on that. So you could see if you start showing appreciation and gratitude, you'll feel your how people respond and the quality of your relationships um, immediately goes up. You know, uh, practicing visioning whenever whenever you enter a task, whether it's a big project, what is the outcome you want to see and visualizing it being successful. But that can be applied in a meeting. You're walking into a meeting and reminding yourself, what is my intention and how do I want to feel and imagining success. You know, it's a, a classic strategy in sales. You visualize you know, uh, a salesperson will walk into a meeting and visualize that they're walking out with some agreement for next step or getting the order. And that brings in the right energy. And with that intention, you are more present and you build the connection and you uh, are much more effective. So, you know, for each of these qualities, whether it's vision or gratitude or higher self, um, you know, you can you can do these practices and and cultivate that that's fantastic good practical advice i really like the idea of you know your future self thinking back like 10 years from from now what is what would what have been the right decision i love that what idea because important about it yeah what yeah. what qualities are going to be how are you going to regardless of how the outcome is what is going to make you feel that you lived in integrity this moment yeah yeah now, that's super important because I think, I think in, in, in a way, I mean, obviously we, we as business leaders, we have a responsibility to run our businesses and, 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 per, you know, meet our objectives as a business. But I also think that we're on, we're on earth to impact the people around us. And I think we, I want to be, I want people to say, I worked for John and, and he was the best boss I ever had because he cared for me. He looked out for me. He helped me grow. He helped me achieve my personal objectives. And so I think, we have an obligation not just to achieve the results, but also to to impact the people around us, positively impact people around us. I think that should be part of our calling as well. And I think as you, I think it would sound like if as you mature in your spiritual intelligence, this becomes more important to you. Is like, what's my legacy going to be as a leader? Exactly, exactly. And all the psychologists have studied human development. You know, look, as we mature, moving into an age of generativity, and what's most important is how we pass on the values and the learnings to future generations, be it our, our children or people we mentor or people that were under us. I mean, at the end of the day, we, we can't take the money and the, the fame and to, to our grave and to whatever, but what most people on their deathbed say is what matters is the quality of relationship and the impact they've had bringing more joy and love into people around them. It has a ripple effect also. Imagine when you bring that energy into your team at work, a person goes home and, and is much happier. And then that ripples out to their family, to their partner, to their children. If, if you give them a hard time and they go home and they're miserable, that's going to affect their home life and then that affects the other people around it so we're we're all part of this web of life and you know we're all impacting each other and uh when we realize that it just invites forth 
this quality of care towards our relationship and other people in our lives, be they our employees, be they our customers, be they, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you just, when you're designing a product or whatever, you think, okay, well, how is that person going to use it? And how is it going to affect them? And, and is it going to be a smooth, pleasant experience for them or, or not? And same with people on our team. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's a great, that's just a great message there about the ripple effect. I think that's something that really that can help you really understand this concept is what's that effect going to be to the people around you and their families and, and so on. So I think it just goes, it resonates out from us as leaders. Very important. Um, yeah, I love that. Love that concept. So what final message would you like to leave with our listeners about the subject of spiritual intelligence? Well, as I said, one is that it's a lifelong journey and it's not, and you can enjoy the, the journey of growth and learning and deepening into your life force and your essence and, and connecting with your spirit and connecting through that to other people around you. So when you're connected, interconnected and interconnected, then you're inspired, you're connected, there's more love, more joy in your life. And, uh, so that's one thing. Secondly, the uh, the research shows that that results in much more effective, powerful leadership and better quality of life. The research also shows that people with greater spiritual intelligence have greater satisfaction with life, better quality of life. There's better financial results. I, I, I neglected to mention this, but in my own doctoral research, it showed that leaders with greater spiritual intelligence, lead teams with greater morale, more commitment, and lower turnover. Other researchers showed that they actually produce better financial results, mm -hmm. uh, even when controlling and more important than emotional intelligence. And better individual productivity, better team productivity. Banks, there's been a study looking at different banks, and the banks where the average employee's spiritual intelligence were higher than others produce better financial results, better return on assets compared to others. So the point is it contributes to the bottom line, to the quality of life, satisfaction of life. And there's been even studies that looked at its contribution to relationship success and marital satisfaction. So this, as you cultivate these qualities, not only does it make you a better leader, more inspiring leader, more powerful leader, more connected leader that produces better results, it makes you a happier, more fulfilled human being. And those qualities permeate all your life. You know, you're more present at the dinner table with your family and your children as opposed to, you know, being distracted. You bring this quality of intention and presence and gratitude and love and joy into all your relationship. And then your life is just so much more rewarding and fulfilling. Wow. There's there's so much to this. I think this is really, really a powerful subject and that uh, leaders, you're listening in here, you're hearing this. You might have been, you might be hearing the concept of spiritual intelligence for the first time, but uh, this is something that's really powerful. It's something that, that if you haven't heard it before, you need to dive in deeper on this subject. So, um, you know, see, how can people find out more about you, this new book and all the services you offer? Well, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. So, um, yeah, I have a website, as you might imagine. It's called yossiamram.net. That's kind of my umbrella website, like my name, Y-O-S-I, 
Amram, Adam, Mary, Robert, Adam, Mary. I'm spelling it because oftentimes people misspell it with an N, but it's two M's like Mary, and it's .net, uh, not .com. There's a yesiamram.com, but that's uh, that's one of my websites that has to do with my psychotherapy practice. But yesiamram.net is my umbrella site because under that, there's my coaching, my CEO coaching. There's also a website related to assessment. So it links you. You can get a free assessment of your spiritual intelligence profile that tells you these are your strengths and these are your opportunities, gives you some tips for development. There's a free assessment that you can get. Uh, there's a page for my book. And I'm also starting now monthly free gatherings for awakening spiritual intelligence. And the first one is going to be the week of Valentine's Day about the quality of love. And these will be community building events that are free. So each one will focus on one quality. So anyway, all of that and my book is available through yesdamram.net. And uh, people can reach me through there. And uh, I'm delighted to be here. And Thank you for your interest and and your good questions. And um, hopefully all all of us can cultivate these qualities in ourselves for our own benefit and being kind of Wi-Fi extenders of these qualities and this uh, this uh, frequency of of love and joy and connection. Um, and I think all of us and all humanity and can can benefit. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, we're going to put links in the show notes for all of Yossi's resources. And again, listeners, did you hear there's a free assessment? There's something free here. We're going to specifically put a link for that free assessment. So if you're wondering, hey, is this matter to me? Do I, do I have a handle on my, uh, you know, my, my spiritual inventory? This will, this will give you a chance to look at that and kind of understand it. And again, all of Yossi's uh, resources will be in the show notes. So go ahead, click on there. And again, if you've had some questions about this, if, if this is confusing you or you're thinking, wait, what about this? What about that? Reach out to Yossi. He's been more than happy to, to answer your questions, steer you in the right direction, give you a resource to be able to answer your questions. So I highly encourage you to do that as well. Uh, Yossi, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You've introduced a really interesting topic to us. And I know we've just scratched the surface, but I think it's something that we all can uh, need to dive in a little deeper, try to understand and see how it applies to each and all of our lives. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing the subject. Thank you. Thank you. What an honor and a privilege and delightful to be here with you. And I appreciate the work you're doing. I think it's so important that elevating our leadership, it has so much effect on on the organizations and people and the communities and people's well-beings and at work and everywhere else. So thank you for the good work and thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care.
Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.